Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. apologize we had a breakdown with wi-fi we are ready to go we're excited today we have with us mrs liliane coziol so i'll say that again liliane coziol she's a teacher at berkeley and then also she's the vice president of the chapter for the united nations foundation in the east bay area of san francisco and We're going to have a really nice chat with her today about something very important, the flag raising in Oakland, California, which represents many nations around the world. And she's going to share with us what that means for the Oakland community and how it extends out to the world from the Oakland community. Many of us do not know that the United Nations was started in San Francisco and prior to that in Washington, D.C., I believe. I happened to learn my history of it. So with, without further delay, we're going to bring on Mr. J. Logan, and then we're going to bring on Liliane. Okay. Mr. Logan, how are you today? I am doing fine. I'm out here in San Francisco, and I know you're in New York, and we're on both coasts. And, boy, that eclipse was something, huh, Gil? <laughs> Well, I didn't look at it, and I understand that some people who were even in glasses also uh, were blinded a bit. But I do believe our president has super re- supervisionized because he was able to look at it, and he was good. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> well, so I wish I had eyes here. Well, that's great. Well, you know, Jay, without further ado, because we had a glitch this morning with uh, – the radio show and with Wi-Fi, and we want to, don't want to keep the guests holding. Are you ready to bring on Miss Cozio? I sure am. I'm excited. Hi, Lillian. How are you? Welcome to the oh, Given to Voice Show. Good morning. Well, we're thank you very morning, much, and we are no problem. And we do apologize to you. There was a glitch this morning. With the radio show, and oftentimes, sometimes, you know, having an internet show, these things happen. Oh, no, no problem. That's technology. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. As much as it serves us, this can often be a reminder that no matter what, you still need human interaction. (laughs) That's why we are here. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, are, is it okay if we get started with the show now? One thing, Lillian, we do ask you. Yes. And that is that don't give all your goodies away, okay? okay. We're going to ask you a question and ask that you tailor the answer to that. Because if you give all the goodies away, then we have to figure out what questions to ask you later, and, you know, all the good all right. stuff will be gone. Is that okay yeah, with you? Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, Jay, why don't you get us started? Okay. Um, yeah, Lillian, so I, w- I want to let you know that we appreciate you on our show 
And I wanted to ask you a little bit about yourself. Um, so give us, let our audience know a little bit about you. Okay. Well, you thank you very much, first of all, for the opportunity to talk here and uh, to be a guest of your show. So uh, my name is Lillian Kozio, and uh, I'm originally from Madagascar, uh, one of the member uh, nations of the United Nations. And uh, let's see, um, I've been in the Bay Area for quite a few years, and um, um, I, I teach at UC Berkeley in the Peace and Conflict Studies Department. And uh, uh, right now I'm the vice president of the uh, uh, United Nations Association East Bay Chapter. Uh, perhaps something I should mention in relation to Madagascar is that I also wear the hat of the Council of Madagascar, meaning representing the country uh, in the uh, on the West Coast, uh, but also the United States in general. Is that wow. enough for now? Or? <laughs> yes, I think it, I definitely think it is. You know, you said something of note that's quite interesting. Um, my question to you is: you said that you wear the hat of representation uh-huh. for Madagascar as one of the member yes. states for the country. Now, just to let everyone know what a member state is, the UN is oh. comprised of several countries. And yes. they're not in the United in the United States, sorry, United Nations. They are not known as countries, they're known as member states, just the way we have the United States here. Does that mean mm-hmm. that you also serve as counsel to the United Nations in New York as well? Uh, no. Actually, this is just for the country of Madagascar, uh, but we do have, like many other countries, a permanent representative uh, of Madagascar at the United Nations in New York. So, okay. Uh, okay. I, I, I am on the West Coast. Uh, in that capacity, uh, but just representing Madagascar, not, not the United Nations. So the uh, uh, the uh, vice presidency with the United Nations Association is something that uh, I do on the side. Yes. Okay. So, so for many people who don't know about the United Nations mm-hmm. Association, would you mm-hmm. share with our group before we get further in with you? what that organization is and the understanding of it, so that if other people want to be a part of it, they may also. Yeah, sure. So um, the United Nations Association um, falls under the big umbrella of the United Nations Foundation. And what it is is that uh, there are uh, chapters all over the United States, all 50 states, and... uh, the idea is to uh, for the for each chapter uh, to promote the ideals of the United Nations. So it's like uh, working um, uh, chapters, you know, doing programs to promote the ideas of the United Nations and to uh, uh, invite people then and to uh, engage them uh, to commit them to be uh, um, enlisting the uh, vision of the United Nations, which was quite wonderful when it was created. Got it. Wow. Well, I know, Jay, that you have a question for her. Yes, I I have a question for you. I would like you to um, tell our audience about a couple of days that uh, your organization honors. Could you speak a little bit about the International Day of Peace and International Women's Day and what they represent to you and your organization? Oh, yes. Uh, So um, every year, our chapter, and I think many of the chapters of the uh, United Nations Association celebrate International Women's Day, usually in March, because that's when the uh, International Day is celebrated, although it should be celebrated, you know, all days of the year. That's that's dedicated for the... uh, uh, International uh, Women's Day, and so in our case, uh, for example, I uh, um, I put together with the help of my chapter um, uh, the, the last March uh, an event on climate change and the health of women, uh, for example, for International Women's Day. I think the program was so uh, 
uh, appealing and uh, right on the dot in terms of uh, um, the goals of the United Nations that uh, uh, Representative Congressman Barbara Lee um, uh, recognized the program and sent us a wonderful citation uh, for that day. So that, that was wonderful. Wow. Well, you know, That's it's funny that you mentioned that International Women's Day, you know, um, as Jay and I being UN partners, you know, you get to know mm-hmm. some of these days, and uh, a lot of people outside the framework of the United Nations, that is where we have to, and uh, we have to make the gap connect. Because, mm-hmm. as you know, all of us who are like you, Jay and I, we understand what the International Women's Day is. And you said something very powerful about climate and women, okay? Mm-hmm. And I tell you, Lillian, I, Jane, I could probably talk all day with you about climate <laughs> and women, okay? Because yeah. we, you and I know inside the framework of the Sustainable Development Goals, this is a big yeah. thing. What I think that here in the United States we sometimes take for granted is just what you talked about, climate and women. Mm-hmm. You know, being from Madagascar, you're in a country that is rich in soil, okay? Mm-hmm. Rich, and I say rich in a way that makes one proud to grow their own food. It's almost from the soil to the table, okay? How do you think that women and climate come together here in the States, being that you're from a country that you can speak to this mm-hmm. very well, okay? How does mm-hmm. it apply here in the United States? Can you share that with us about women and climate oh, and, yeah. and, and why it's essential to each other? Yes, so it's uh, it's important actually all over the world, be that in a developing country like Madagascar or here in the States. So to give perhaps something very concrete regarding uh, uh, the United States, um, the use of uh, uh, fossil um, fuels um, does not help the climate, does not help the world, which means, you know, increases in toxicity. So especially in urban areas, um, the health of women is quite affected by uh, uh, and uh, and this is uh, documented, you know, by uh, um, by health uh, agencies in terms of uh, toxicity, in terms of the reproductive system. Uh, for example, that's just one example that I can think on top of uh, on top of my head. But uh, certainly um, in other countries too, you know, climate change also causes. Uh, uh, refugees to the people to leave their countries because there is a drought or farmers cannot grow their crops. Um, or same here, you know, like uh, uh, for the um, indigenous uh, Native American people, for example, you know, the rivers are uh, becoming drier, the food sustenance is uh, um, really uh, dim- diminished. So Again, of course, that affects health and nutrition, um, just to give a couple of examples there. So, Hello? Um, wow. Jay, I, Jay, I don't want to take up your questions because, you know, I could have a lot of fun here with Lillian. These <laughs> are my topics. I love talking about this stuff. I know, I know. And it, we just we just have such a wealth of uh, information that we could talk about with her. I mean, you know, the other thing, Jill, you know, I wanted to ask you before we even get into the, the main topic here is the things that they do with children and refugees. So, mm-hmm. Lillian, you know, I know you guys did this thing with the Korean Youth Dream Orchestra. Could you tell us some of the other things that you do with the children and the refugees uh, with your organization? Uh, yes, so actually um, from the United Nations Foundation, uh, we had this initiative of uh, uh, called Adopt a Future. Because you know we have uh, many, uh, we have uh, refugee camps all over the world, but we have this one which is the largest uh, refugee camp in the world in Kenya, and it's called the Dadab um, refugee camps, and uh, uh, it's quite huge. And there are refugees from many neighboring countries, even all the way from Yemen, not only from from Africa, of course, Sudan, and the neighboring 
issues. However, the most important thing is that the children, and there are so many children in these camps, uh, do not have access to education, and that's a tragedy because yeah. the, uh, uh, they're going to be a lost generation. So uh, through this initiative, Adopt the Future, um, we found ways uh, to build uh, a school. For our um, uh, California, Northern California chapter, our goal was to raise $30,000 to build uh, an elementary and secondary school, allowing wow. the kids uh, uh, to, to go to school. And that's for 10 years, if one can believe it, So, which is fantastic. And um, so that's what it is. And uh, uh, we are trying, and, and we did raise the funds, which is amazing. So that was where the, 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 the Korean Dream Orchestra came in as a, one of the fundraisers for, for us, for example. So, yeah, so we do not want... Uh, to have a lost generation of kids with no education because, unfortunately, there are lots of kids in those um, refugee camps. There are. There are. And and I don't think a lot of people understand, if you can tell us more about this, you know, um, being in New York, very much involved with the uh, UNA USA, myself. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so... You know, the thing. My question to you is, we don't understand. I actually don't like the word refugee. Okay, because mm-hmm. I think everyone is a human being. Okay, um, mm-hmm. as you know, our esteemed Secretary General Antonio Guterres is mm-hmm. very much a humanitarian in himself. His background is humanitarian. Uh, humanitarianism. Mm-hmm. If you look mm-hmm. at refugee, you know, being, you know, refugee and the work you've done. What would you say is your proudest moment, whether you're in this country or another country, um, of the work you've done with refugees and children? What is your personal proudest moment? Yeah, you know, actually, when we had this uh, fundraiser with the uh, Korean Youth Dream Orchestra, it was an orchestra um, uh, which came uh, to all the way from Korea, actually from uh, uh, these were kids from uh, peasant and farmers' families, uh, but they had the opportunity to be taught classical music. And uh, so um, they happened to be in the Bay Area, and uh, they joined another, the uh, Kido U.S., the Korean Youth Dream Orchestra of the U.S., and together they formed this uh, concert um, that uh, we used as a platform for our fundraiser. So something really interesting, as you said, you know, that that really uh, made my day is that these are um, young kids, too. So it's kids doing something for kids. And then uh, they're middle uh, school to uh, high school kid, kids' age, uh, those who perform in the orchestra. And so the uh, something that really made the... Our day was that those uh, uh, high school kids continued. That was their first time, uh, you know, right. being exposed to doing something for someone else who is who might be their age, and uh, and so they continued doing the fundraising. They were exposed to this. So, again, the same ideas like, oh, I didn't realize that, you know, we take it for granted about here, but there are many, many kids all over the world who do not have that privilege. So, I mean, that's kind of the uh, you know, aha moment that really uh, uh, made a difference, I think, in the lives of these uh, uh, kids who are privileged in a way, although somewhere uh, from farmers, uh, remote places, or, or from the U.S., uh, the Bay Area here, but uh, they are continuing to fundraise, and this really uh, opened up their eyes. So I think uh, that that that's my aha moment, my eureka moment, that really uh, uh, talked to your questions about uh, something important about the um, uh, refugee uh, children or the refugee program. Hmm. Oh, that's one. That's interesting. Um, but me and Gail was wondering about uh, you guys have an essay. 
contest every year, UNA National High School Essay Contest, mm-hmm. and I guess you guys, could you tell us a little bit how you uh, go about helping the youth uh, be part of this essay um, contest that you guys do at the um, United Nations Association? Oh, yes. Well, uh, actually, we used to do the uh, contest, they say, this year. Uh, I, I should say this past year, we have not been able to do so. Uh, what it is is that uh, um, we contact high school social studies teachers uh, in our Bay Area, and uh, uh, the idea of the essays is for the, for the uh, high school um, students to write something about uh, what they think the United Nations has accomplished or their thoughts about the United Nations, you know, with their understanding and um, um, what it is that they'd like to see happen. So it's to solicit their uh, ideas about uh, what the United Nations is, uh, to also uh, encourage those who don't know much about it to kind of research a little bit about that. And... Uh, and then we give a, a little monetary uh, prize. Um, oh. So, uh, yeah, so the, the, the donor um, uh, passed away uh, the past year. That's why I mentioned that we have not been able to, uh, to conduct the essay for, 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 for the last year, uh, but hopefully we'll pick that up because I think it's something important to write about uh, something like this. So, yeah. So that's you know, the, uh, at the high school level, at the educational level, yes. Right. You know, hearing you, hearing you speak of this also brings up, you know, earning. You know, sometimes they offer money uh, to students as an incentive. And mm-hmm. I think that's great. I think that's a great idea. But I have a question for you. You know, then okay. Jay, like I said, you know, I could I could stay on with Lillian all day because you know <laughs> I love this is right up my alley. I have this, I have fun with this. Right. Um, <laughs> so, my one thing I would love to know from you, your personal opinion on this. You know, um, often a lot of people um, don't know that um, at the UN. There's something called the Model UN, which a lot of times oh, yes. is, yes. is run by your local chapters, okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. So many yes, students are. are not aware of this. It's, a lot of times it's from upper middle class to, mm-hmm. um, you know, wealthy that know about this, even in the public schools in the wealthy neighborhoods. <laughs> the importance of knowing that a young person can be a citizen, okay? Mm-hmm. And the gap, this is a big question, and the gap, this is something Jay and I talk about all the time and even my peers, um, and ageism, where on oh, one yes. hand, the UN and everyone is telling the youth that they are the future. The problem with that is that they're not telling them we're all the future, and they're saying you can go get wisdom from the older people, but then leave them to the side and will run things or make room for the youth because they are younger and they can do this. The problem with that is we are all the same, so it creates a divide between the young and the old because then the old the old and, and the old are constantly being called old and they're thirty five years old, thirty five years of age or older. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when you create that divide, there's resentment. But then you're giving young people who haven't matured, lived life yet, um, even some to some degree been out on their own, you're saying you are the future. So my question to you here on this is what are your thoughts? Because I believe we all are the future. And it's important not to say, go get the advice from the older person and then put them to the side because I'll do the job. Because the difference is, and I don't mean to be long-winded, but the difference is you take a student, take a young person and you go to the store and you say, where can I find that dress? They'll say, down the road, make a right. You ask an older person, 30 or over, they said, let me take you over there and let me see if I can help you find the dress. Yeah. The difference mm-hmm. is... <laughs> Yeah, both people mm-hmm. can still tell you where the dress is, but one mm-hmm. understands the maturity. Are we letting our young people, like we had the opportunity to grow, to learn, to make mistakes, or are we rushing them to be older before their time and they have meltdowns 
and it, and mm-hmm. we have the highest incidence of mental illness and depression in the states than we ever have amongst young people in college and so forth. So do you feel we're putting too much pressure? I know that was a long-winded question. No, no, it's a very important, uh, very important question that you ask there, Gail, because I think actually um, with the, all of your thoughts there in mind, uh, we actually uh, put together uh, for the Bay Area an intergenerational model UN uh, program uh, and it's a big one because it's all the schools from the Bay Area, but 300 kids come. And uh, this is not just for high school kids or the youth or the uh, the 30 something, but uh, all the way to grandmother, parents, uh, grandmother, everybody is invited. And that's exactly you are totally correct in terms of saying you know like um, when we um, uh, role model the. Uh, uh, you know, playing nation states and whatever the issue being discussed in those model uh, uh, UN programs, um, then you know they listen. They they have their thoughts, which are very uh, interesting, and that thoughts that we would not even thought, uh, thought about as uh, as adults, as parents, or perhaps in some cases as grandparents. But then the grand, you know, it's, it's youth and the excitement and not necessarily seeing the, all of the large picture. And that's why, like you said, it's very important for the, um, I would say, more mature rather than the older, <laughs> using the word old, the more mature um, uh, population uh, participating in the program uh, to say, to give them different points of view uh, to temper that uh, youth enthusiasm, uh, which is nice because they're not constrained by, oh, we cannot do it, etc., um, because they're so full of enthusiasm and lots of wonderful ideas, um, but um, in, at the same time kind of tempered by the uh, uh, adult touch uh, uh, of reality or reality checking. So I think that's a wonderful learning experience, both for the young and for the old, because there are thoughts that the older generation would not have thought about, uh, and these might be really exciting new ideas, um, and at the same time, there is the uh, old uh, tested viewpoints of the older generation. So, yeah, we do this in the month of October. We have one coming up, actually, October 7th. And it, we, yeah, like I said, we have it's a big one, about 300 people. So, yeah, so... Uh, I may, I may actually have to come out for that question. one. Yeah, I may and, uh, yeah, I may actually have to come out house for that you one. Are we just recently, thank you. <laughs> we just recently had yeah. at the UN the intergenerational uh, NGO dialogue, mm-hmm. and, and that was yeah. quite, quite, quite powerful. You know, um, yeah. but like I said, I, I will. I, I could take. We could talk all day because this, I love this, yeah. and I don't just love to talk. <laughs> I love the I love action too. So uh-huh. here's where we want to segue into the next part of this. Um, I love flags, and I love when I go to a particular country, or you know, I love the UN building. I love what the UN stands for, and a lot of people don't quite understand the UN. I uh-huh. love the UN because I get to meet people like you and Jay and I. We're we're like global citizens. So with that said. Every flag for every country is important because it represents almost the the core mm-hmm. of the spirit of the people. Okay. Mhm. Mhm. I like I the hear, way you Yes, yeah, and 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 I hear by from a little birdie. A little birdie <laughs> told me that you're having a flag raising event that the UNA yes. USA is putting on. Would you tell our audience all about that? Yes, so uh, this year we are celebrating the 51st year of the UN flag raising ceremony in Oakland, and this is at our Jack London Square in Oakland. And actually, the number 51 is meaningful because there were 51 original signatories of the UN Charter in 1945. And uh, what it is is that uh, 
on November 5th, uh, we would like to invite everybody to participate to this uh, uh, event because, uh, you know, it, it's uh, um, perhaps I'll do a little history if you, if you don't mind, like how that came about. Is, is that okay to talk about that now? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, um, so in 1966, actually, the United Nations Association of San Francisco asked if the city of San Francisco wanted the UN flag to fly to fly there, since it was the location of the uh, the, the United Nations uh, Charter signing. Uh, but then, you know, the Board of Supervisors at that time thought that perhaps it was too much of a political statement. However, the mayor of uh, Oakland at that time was in full support of this initiative. And so Oakland got the first flagpole uh, flying the uh, UN flag uh, in Oakland. And uh, so now every year um, we host a flag-raising ceremony and uh, this year the event is going to be on November 5th uh, from 10 a.m. Uh, to noon. So um, I, I mentioned about the, uh, uh, the number 51 being important. So I guess our theme for, for this one, which is going to be the 51st anniversary, our theme is 50 years of global collaboration and local action and uh, uh, in honor of the 51 signatories of the UN Charter. So that's kind of a long story, but uh, so every year um, we celebrate this and raise the flag. And uh, yeah, so, and it's not just like raising the flag, you know, it's a very special celebration uh, because, um, um, you know, the, of course, the UNA East Bay Chapter, the City of Oakland, the uh, Unified School District, Port of Oakland, community VIPs come. So it's a very festive uh, uh, idea. Uh, so, um, uh, and of course, the, the, the most important thing is that the uh, junior ROTC of the, uh, um, all of the school districts of uh, Oakland uh, carry and have a parade of all the 193 flags of the countries, the member states in the uh, United wow. Nations. So that's very uh, colorful, very festive, very special. So, yeah, that's on November 5th uh, coming up, uh, and it's uh, celebrated every year. We try to do that, and it's beautiful to see the flag fly, like you said, because it's really, uh, it represents, like, I I like the way you said it, the core of, uh, uh, there is a core meaning and symbol in it, so it's so important. Yeah, it is, it's the the core of the human spirit of the people Mm -hmm. of that country, because they 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 it resonates with the spirit of who they are and and I would know one thing African people, whether it's Madagascar mm-hmm. on one side and Kenya or you're in West Africa with Senegal with the Wolof people to Fula, who's over in Guinea over to um uh South Africa with uh Kosai and Zulu okay or Lesotho mm-hmm. or I mean we could go on you know so yeah. I know the the one thing I love about the African people is they are very very strong. Every tribe, per country, because there's more than one tribe, per country yes. on the continent of Africa is, is very heartfelt and proud of their flag, as well as Europe is from Sweden to Denmark to Norway to even the United mm-hmm, States. Mm-hmm. The flags hold a meaning. Oh yes. So yes. You know, if I may interject, Gail, you know, something very important, you were talking about the continent of Africa, but out of these 195 countries in the world, 54 countries are in Africa, you know, like you said. So, yeah, I thought I'd mention that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And, and it, makes, it makes a big difference for decisions to be made. You know, but again, mm-hmm. Jay, I'm sorry, I can, we could go off on like, <laughs> I love it though. here. I do too. Um, so, Jay, um, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say that you know I learned something from Lillian. I didn't know that um, the the controversy between the flag raising <laughs> oh, yeah, from yeah, San yeah. Francisco and Oakland. So, so are you telling us that Oakland was the first northern city that allowed yes. this event? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's exactly 19- right. Wow, I I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know that. So 19- I just shot this. 
1966. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's okay. an amazing story. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's new. That's new to me. That's that's what I wanted to ask because um, I was just trying to understand that. Um, the Gale because that's you know wow you know I'm like the big sister city is our San Francisco that's Mecca and then the little small city on the little teeny yeah. city on the other side allowed this to happen so it's and I know probably was some controversy there because I know the war was going on and you know all kind mm-hmm. of stuff was going on the Vietnam War so that must have been a hard a hard hard thing to uh, pill to swallow for the communities here we got the United Nations uh, saying let's have peace and we got this war going on and. Yeah, that could have been rough. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. We're almost in the same position now. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, great that we're great that we're having this, this ceremony. How, now, how do you, what do you guys do at this ceremony? I mean, what, what happens? What, what, I just wonder, what, okay, we're going so, to so say, what we're putting ourselves at this, yeah. what actually yeah. happens at this ceremony? I'm sitting there, what's going to happen? Okay, so, um, let's see, on top of my, we have, uh, we start with welcoming uh, remarks, and then uh, um, the parade starts because the, the parade of flags, because that's the uh, the, the most important um, element in this uh, event. So uh, the, the 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 193 flags are carried by the junior Rossi cadets, and then um, uh, uh, generally we have like presentations by distinguished guests, and so. We invited you know the Congress, the Congress people. The mayor of the city is always there. The mayor of uh, of Oakland, um, members of city councils, possibly, uh, definitely a representative from the port of Oakland, because that's where the the flagpole is actually uh, uh, planted. And then um, uh, after that, then the uh, uh, and that's why I mentioned my uh, hat as consular corps because I invite the uh, all the consuls from uh, San Francisco uh, to come, and we have uh, the consular corps representing as many countries as possible also present, and uh, and that's when we we raise the flag, and uh, it's very solemn, and uh, and then after that it's the the festive part. You know we have uh, music from uh, uh, representing the diversity of the of Oakland and common oh yeah something very important i should mention is that uh, we try to also have the voice of youth heard and so they read the uh, little brief essays about uh, um what they think the united nations is uh, kind of like the uh, essay contest but these are you know students from the community college of the school around UC Berkeley perhaps and uh, and then um, the, the event uh, ends with the more um, uh, ethnic uh, um, dances like lion dance or you know various uh, ethnicities dance and uh, choral music from um, uh, many different religions and uh, then closing remarks so I guess that's kind of generally uh, what happens um, so it's uh, the, 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 I think one should remember that all of this is uh, um, because of the joint effort of the, the, the UNA East Bay, the city of Oakland, the schools, the port and uh, all of the uh, community VIPs so I hope I, that was not too long because I, I, the w- work is still in progress for firming up the program, but that's generally the uh, chronology that uh, we follow. I want to ask real quickly, there you um, is, Oakland, is Oakland in danger of ever losing the flag-raising ceremony? Does San Francisco want that flag-raising uh, ceremony back over there? Do we get to have, Oakland gets to have this wonderful event forever? <laughs> yes, we, we, yeah, I think it's going to, to be there, and I don't think it's going to, to disappear because I think the United Nations is going to to still have its important role in the world. Actually, it's the only one doing what it does in the world with the 193 nations uh, uh, together. Uh, so that's what uh, um, the beauty of uh, the vision when they created the United Nations, I think. Wow. Well, one of the things, um, you know, 
at the swag raising ceremony, I'd like to know what do kids and and what, what do people get to experience? What is the experience that they walk away with? Um, and do they have a better understanding of how much work the UN puts in to really keep the world in order? Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, something very important, I think, for the the children to take away. I mean, the, the, the high school, the uh, Roxy uh, students who carry the flag is that actually I mentioned the diplomatic corps. So then they realize that actually the flag they're carrying actually belongs to a, a physical country with a, with a representative in the Bay Area. So there are lots of photo taking. And uh, I think with the speeches as a, as a context, I think it gives them a sense that they are part, even though their role is to carry the flags, just the flags, for example, it's not just carrying the flag, but then they're given the meaning of it and uh, their place in the world. So it places them out of the just their high school, you know, in Oakland, wherever that might be, but it also places them like, oh, wow, yeah, so this flag I'm carrying belongs to this country and uh, this is what the United Nations know. Perhaps that might be the first time they might hear about the United Nations even. So um, I think it's important because it's something concrete and palpable that they actually see. It's not just like a theoretical, beautiful vision somewhere, you know, like uh, in the sky or something. So I think that... uh, um, what we hope, at least, and I think I've seen it, that's kind of the takeaway for these kids, you know, something, a learning experience, a contact with the uh, actual diplomats from those uh, those countries. Not all of them, because not all of them are represented in San Francisco, but as many as we have uh, represented and uh, who are invited and who could come. So I think wow. Lily, who are the other organizations involved in this ceremony, such as, you know, sister cities? Are there any other nonprofits or any other organizations that that are involved in this flag raising um, ceremony? Uh, You know, yeah, very generally, uh, so um, the city of Oakland, as I mentioned, and and then the school, and then the... uh, some NGO contributes, you know, in kind via their, if they have uh, performers or they contribute uh, in kind uh, things like for the children, like for the children or or uh, uh, contributing, uh, for example, the, um, the rental of a van which carries vans, which carry all of these 193 flags, for example. And so... Uh, we usually uh, include them as our co-sponsors. So the Port of Oakland is uh, one of our big uh, uh, sponsor for this. Uh, besides the city of uh, the city of Oakland, and we, we of course the uh, the UNA. But we wish and we are very happy that this year we are working with the sister cities, which uh, of which Jay is uh, is part of, and that's uh, very exciting because that's kind of a natural group to uh, uh, to be uh, organizing as part of this uh, wonderful event. Wow. Well, we are going to be supporting Jay. Jay and I are partners, and we're partners in Savoy and with some gifts, so anything all of us can do to support, we definitely will. Um, I think one of the things that I would really, really like our audience to know mm-hmm. is... The UNA USA, right? Mm-hmm. What is their specific function? Uh, their question. function uh, is to um, uh, carry out the vision of the United Nations, and they they carry out the vision via programs um, that uh, will engage people and commit people to uh, the vision of the United Nations. So, for example. Um, next week, the, the uh, UNA East Bay is going to have a, a program on nuclear deterrence, 
uh, and again, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because just last week, you, you know what's going on with all of the standoff with the the uh, the escalating issue with North Korea, etc. Oh, so yeah, that's yeah. the kind of program we do, for example. Uh, well, it might be Nuclear about disarmament. human rights. Yes, yes. Uh, so but, that's yeah. on August 29th. Um, and then we have experts in the field. We are very fortunate in the Bay Area to have uh, the wonderful institutions who can provide us with uh, uh, key uh, experts in, in various fields. So we are very fortunate in that sense. So uh, uh, that, that's an example. So it's, you know, kind of promoting uh, the idea of the United Nations so that people are aware of it. So, but then beyond awareness, to engage them to be uh, uh, to participate and do something about issues that's happening in the world among those, you know, the development goals, for example. Yes, you know, um, when we speak of nuclear disarmament, you know, um, what a lot of people don't know about what's going on over in Asia and even parts of Africa, off the coast mm-hmm. of any of these continents are islands where military, any military, oh, practices yes. nuclear nuclear testing. Absolutely. The, Absolutely. Exactly. And so when we wonder why our, our um, climate is polluted, as an example, oh. right in the South oh. Asian region for the nuclear disarmament, oh. There are two perfectly de- designed circles where back in the mm-hmm. 40s they conducted nuclear testing. Governments, no one knows, but there's still a metal plate over one of the holes, and on yeah. the other hole mm-hmm. is complete, completely bare because that's mm-hmm. where they did the nuclear testing of one of the biggest nuclear bombs. It mm-hmm. is shocking that it has it affected did. Guam, North Korea, Thailand and the rest. So, you know, Uh these are important things to know why the importance of the United Nations Foundation and the work that Lillian does. Um, So would you share with our audience how people can become aware, you know, like where can people go to read about these things? What are some of the things you recommend, Lillian, all ages? Where can people go besides the UNA or the the UN? Where can people actually go? What are good newspapers or good places to learn about this information? Okay. So uh, I'll get back uh, for just a couple of uh, seconds uh, regarding the – you mentioned the uh, the coast where nuclear tests are being conducted in the in Asia, but actually Madagascar, you see, the Indian Ocean is right now being um, um, claimed as a, a nuclear free zone or a zone of peace, um, and that's wow. going to be discussed in September. Amazing. But then to um, uh, so, so it's all over the place, uh, Gail and and uh, Jay. Uh, but uh, to answer your question, like where would be the best place to find out about this? If one um, checks on the web and checks UN Wire, uh, that would be a good place to have uh, kind of uh, the big bullet points of what's happening per day or per month, depending on what you are looking for in terms of, oh, what's going on here. And, of course, you know, listening to the... Um, uh, a variety of uh, uh, news. We, we there is always something about the UN peacekeeping uh, force, uh, UN peacekeeping uh, um, groups doing uh, certain activities. But I think the UN Wire is a good source for finding about that. And then uh, I, I didn't even know about the uh, the, the UN. Uh, um, uh, radio or, or station uh, that people can have access to and, and listen so that they are aware of it. Uh, and then uh, at the local level, we try to go to fairs and uh, uh, to have a tabling there so that people know, like, oh, what is the United Nations? So it's among, you know, like we, we have various uh, uh, street fairs or or special festivals, and then we always try to have a tabling at those uh, 
uh, events so that people are aware and we always have brochures. What does the UNA does? Be a member, participate. And, uh, yeah, so I guess those are things that I can think of uh, uh, immediately. So the UN Wear and then uh, UN Wire, sorry, UN Wire uh, to get news. Um, and, and that's really all over the world very quickly, I think. Getting news, wow. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we thank you oh, for your yeah. time, Lily. Oh, Lily, I just have one more question, Gil. And that question yeah. was: If I wanted to be a, if I wanted to be a volunteer for the United Nations or the UN Association, how would I go uh-huh. and be a volunteer? What do I need to do? Okay. So, for example, for the UNA East Bay chapter, you just Google UNA East Bay chapter, and then there is actually a membership form there. And uh, something very important is that because we want the youth to participate, is that college-age students um, up to 25, uh, 25 years of age, uh, membership is free. So there is uh, no wow. excuses. We try to have, uh, you know, all the campus students. And actually there is a branch of uh, the UNA at UC Berkeley, at San Jose State, uh, different uh, institutions around here. And uh, same thing like us. They, they try to have programs uh, to, be, to make people aware of activities of the United Nations and um, to engage students. And, uh, yeah, so um, if one checks the website, UNA Association, and if it were just in the Bay Area, Bay Area, then you have San Francisco uh, UN Association, and then we also have a larger, you know, the Northern California division. But I think depending, people might want to start with the city that they are in to check whether they are exactly. in the chat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we thank you so much, Lynn, for your time, oh, and we'd love to have you, you come mm-hmm. back again. Would you come back again say, and join us? Uh, I'd love to. I, I, first of all, I would like to thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. Uh, I also learned things as you were questioning, asking your questions. So uh, this has uh, uh, you know, kept me on, your, on my toes too, too, when you asked the questions. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much because we learn a lot too as well. And you enjoy your day. And and we hope you'll come yeah. on again before Flag Day so that we can really okay. uh, re- remind our audience, would you like to do that? Yes. So this is, again, an invitation to all those who can come to the Jack London Square on November 5th. And it's from 10 to noon. It's free. It's an event free. And it's a free event. And it's uh, for the whole family uh, so come and enjoy and learn and unlearn something okay. soon, but definitely learn. <laughs> yes. Well, we thank you and have a wonderful day. Jay, as always, we will see each other next week, and I'm sorry for the send-off like this. I am afraid that my um, the radio show technology is about to uh, act very strange with us, so I'm going to let everyone go. Thank you very okay. much again. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Have a good day. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.